Well, good morning, Alpine. Thank you. For those of you that don't consider yourselves Alpiners, maybe you're visiting. Good morning to you as well. I'm Adrian. It's, you know, it feels to me, it feels like it's been a month since I've been here. And I'm, I'm thankful that uh, I have the opportunity to, to be with you today. And, you know, over the last couple of, of weeks, I realized something. Or let me say, I, I was reminded of something I was reminded that I'm, I'm a very emotional guy. You know, I try to keep it in. I, I try to be kind of that level guy, that kind of guy that's got that cool kind of persona all the time. But, but really, I'm, I'm an emotional guy. You know, when, when kind of work situations, when the pressure of work and the, the difficulty of working with coworkers and deadlines kind of begin to bear down on my shoulders, when, when family things, you know, when stuff at the home isn't going as smoothly, smoothly as I would like, you know, you've got... Concerns just within relationships and getting along and the concerns for the health and, and well-being, you know, being concerned about loved ones. Well, all those things were kind of bearing down on me. And my wife and I were at the hospital and uh, I get this phone call, right? And, and it's my daughter calling me, telling me that I've got water coming out of the wall in my basement, and it, w- it wasn't by a bathroom, you know, and, and that was about all I could handle. You know, that was, that kind of, that, that topped me off. And while my wife and I were kind of hurrying home, walking through the parking lot of the hospital, I, I blew up. You know, I just, I blew up and expressed to her how, how happy I was about what we were going through and about what I was about to go home and deal with. You know, and again, I was reminded that I was a very, that I'm an emotional person. You know, and really this is what this series is all about, right? Is, is dealing, you know, like how we deal with our emotions. You know, we've said that emotions aren't necessarily good or bad, right? God created us with emotion, right? And they're not necessarily good or bad. Now, the way we react to the emotions that we're feeling, uh, namely somebody walking through a parking lot, you know, as they're headed home, can be very bad. But the emotions themselves aren't bad, and, but this is what this whole series is about, right? Being resilient. Learning how to, how to, through these emotions, as we deal with these emotions that we face in life, learning how, how, how basically how to, let's say, get good out of those, those emotions. This is kind of how we defined being resilient. Resilience is harnessing difficult emotions to build your faith, right? Dealing with difficult emotions that we're going to face in life, but dealing with them in a way that brings something good instead of something bad. Dealing with them in a way that builds our faith in God rather than creating something bad. And today, the emotion that we're going to be talking about is grief. 
Now, if you're like me, anytime I hear that somebody is grieving or I hear the word grief being mentioned, I automatically think that we're, we're talking about somebody who's lost a loved one. And, and grieving is definitely, that is definitely grieving when you lose a loved one. But we can experience grief in a lot of different, for a lot of different reasons as well. You see, grief is an emotion that is the result of, of some kind of personal loss. Some kind of personal loss. So, yes. When you notice, when you're waking up in the morning as the years go by and you notice that, that that hairline is slowly moving back or that hair on the top is slowly thinning out, yes, you can grieve the loss of your hair. And the truth is, loss is, uh, is a part of our life. It's a, a part of the human experience Sorrow, loss, what, whatever you want to call it. Sorrow, loss, anguish, sadness. These are, are things that are a part of being human. And the reason why is because they, they, they're a result of sin, right? They're, they're a result of, of humankind turning away from God, a result of humankind, that, that, that sinful nature that we're born with that desires to live life our own way rather than following after God and living our lives to glorify Him. It's a part of the human existence, something that we all have to deal with. But even in that kind of maybe gloomy news that we're all going to deal with it, right? The, the Bible says something about it. The Bible says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. You see, ultimately, God's got a plan for, for grief, for sorrow, for the pain we feel through it. And it's to do away with it. You see, grief has no place, sorrow has no place in heaven. And that's great news, but, but not only does the Bible tell us that there's going to be an end to it, the Bible also tells us how we can deal with it while we're here on earth, while we live this life and have to experience it. It says this, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. You see, the, the person that was inspired by the Holy Spirit to put this in God's word, to write this out, was a person that was familiar with grief. It was a person that was familiar with sorrow. And you know what he was telling us to do is, is through this, this passage, he's telling us to be resilient. He's telling us to turn that grief, to turn that, that sorrow that we experience into something good. He's telling us to lean into God with it, to give it to God. And this is exactly what we want to do today is, is look how we give this sorrow that we experience, this grief that we experience in life, how we give it to God. And, and if you're like me, it can be hard. It can be challenging because 
I want to do it myself. I want to just deal with it myself. I don't know if it was something like some way that I was raised that I've got to deal with my own problems and figure it out myself. But but God is telling us he's there to take our burdens. And so we're going to look at that, at how to be resilient in our grief. And we're going to kind of look at three different ways, three different kinds of grief that we can experience in life. Now, before we jump into that, I want you to know that if today, if you're here and you're experiencing grief, I feel you. I know what it feels like. And what I'm going to say today is I'm not trying to take away your grief because we all grieve a little bit differently. Right? I understand that grieving is a process. It's, it's something that we have to work through. The idea that you don't have to grieve alone. So the first grief that I want to look at this morning is what we're calling victim grief. Right? This is the grief or, or the sorrow that you experience because somebody else has sinned against you. This beautiful picture of the hope that we can find in it, right? The hope that we can find in the truth that that Jesus has given his life for us and that if we put our faith in Jesus, we can have a relationship with God. We're forgiven of our sins and and we get to live with God for eternity. It paints a, a beautiful picture of the hope that we have of what the future will bring when you put your trust in Jesus. But see, when you're reading through the Bible, it also paints another picture. And I'll be honest with you, it's a gruesome picture. And it's not a gruesome picture because those who were inspired to write the Bible are being unfair. It's a gruesome picture because of the truth in it. It paints a picture of how nasty we can be to one another. It it paints a a picture of when we are consumed by our selfishness in sin, how we can sin against one another and the pain and the heartache and the sorrow that we can cause one another. It paints a terrible picture. You know, when I was reading through the Bible, one picture that comes to mind is a story of a, of a man named David. He was, he was told as a, as a child that he would become the king of Israel. He was anointed as the king of Israel. God blessed him and, and used him in, in mighty ways throughout his life. And he, he led the, the, the army of Israel to defeat the Philistines. He became a, a mighty warrior. He became a... Uh, um, basically a part of the royal family as he married Saul's daughter. You know, he he became the king of Israel and he put Israel on the map. God used him to make Israel a mighty nation, but before he got there, he dealt with a lot of sorrow. Before he got there, he was sinned against And dealt with a lot of anguish and pain. You see, initially Saul was pleased with David. 
right? David would even come in as Saul was trying to deal with the, the burden of being a king and kind of his own kind of personalities and, and failures when he would be tormented, unable to sleep. David would come in and play music for him. God used David to give Saul peace at those times in his life. But eventually Saul's jealousy consumed him. And before David became king, he spent many years of his life running for his life. Because Saul was hunting him down. David ran from place to place while, while Saul hunted him and chased him down with his army. Not only that, Saul gave his wife, while David was running for his life, Saul gave his wife to another man. You know, if you read your Bible, you can see just the, the amount of sorrow that David dealt with, the pain and sorrow. You know, I know that some of you in here today are dealing with pain, are dealing with sorrow, because somebody hurt you. Somebody violated you. Maybe it was somebody that should have protected you. Somebody that you trusted and they hurt you physically and emotionally. You see, we all deal with the pain and the sorrow from being sinned against in life. Some more than others, but we all deal with it. Maybe it's the heartache of, of somebody breaking a promise. Maybe it's the, the heartache and pain of, of somebody who, who, who said something hateful to you and it stung so deep. Maybe a betrayal of a, of a trust of a close friend. Maybe you've been accused of, of something, accused by people close to you of something that you didn't do. See, in any of these kind of scenarios, we experience pain, sorrow, betrayal, anger, sadness. You see, and it's in these times that the temptation, when that, when that stings deep enough, when it stings deep enough, the temptation is to draw back from people. Right? The temptation is to isolate ourselves from the pain and from the hurt. So we have the tendency of closing ourselves off from other people. See, we're going to be tempted to pull away. To be pull, pull away from other people. And sometimes it hurts so bad that we even pull away from God. You see, on this side of heaven, it's always going to be difficult, at least for me to explain why God allows these kinds of things, this kind of pain, this kind of hurt, this kind of betrayal, why he allows it. It's hard for me to understand why, but I do 
I do get an encouragement when I read some of the, the passages in the Bible of, of people who have experienced pain, of people who have experienced betrayal and sorrow like I've experienced. Here's one of them. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. You see, this was, this was written by David during this, this time when he was being sinned against by Saul. And, and we see here that even in the midst of this pain, he's still looking to God, believing that God is going to show up. He goes on and say, says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. You see, despite what he was going through, despite his, his grief, he's looking to God. He's leaning into God. He's holding on to a hope and a promise that God is going to eventually show up. You see, through David's experience, God is encouraging us not to pull away from him. Not to pull away from God, but in the midst of our pain, to lean into him. To lean into him. You see, and the reason I believe the temptation to not only to, to pull away from God during this pain is so dangerous, but the temptation to pull away from other people is dangerous too because God actually shows up through other people in the midst of our pain. And we see it in this very story. One day near Horesh, David received the news that Saul was on his way to Ziph to search for him and to kill him. Jonathan went went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. He tells him, don't be afraid, Jonathan assured him. My father will never find you. You see, during David's sorrow, during this terrible time in his life, Sure, he did not have a relationship with Saul, and it made a lot of sense. But he didn't break off his relationships with other people. And it's because he didn't break off his relationship with other people that God used the people in his life to encourage him and to strengthen him during this time of grief. And here we see David being encouraged to be being encouraged to continue on by Saul's own son. You know that this is one of the purposes of the church, right? God didn't create the church so that we could see each other once a week and pass by in this building and say hi. Right? I mean, he created us to be more than that. It's, it's called the body of Christ. It's, it's called the family of God. And it's called that for a reason. 
Because God wants to use us to encourage one another in the middle of our grief. Romans talks about it. Paul was talking about it to the Romans when he was writing to them and telling them that they're supposed to love and, and serve one another. He says this, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. There's another saying that you might have heard that really kind of captures this. It says, when you share a joy, it's doubled. And when you share a sorrow, it's halved. You see, for those of you who aren't suffering right now, for those of you who are at a, a time in your life where, where God is blessing you, things are good, this is what you're here for, right? Is to, to help those who are struggling, to help those who are, are feeling overwhelmed with sorrow and grief. But you see, the only way that you can do that is to be connected with others, you see, this is why at Alpine we, we do the small groups, why there's a small group table out in the lobby today, why we have men's groups and, and women's groups, why we have mentoring, all of these things to, to provide connection for a, a society of people that are way too busy. But we can't be there to be used by God to encourage people in their sorrow if we never connect with them. You see, God created us to share our joys and sorrows together. But we have to be available. We have to be connected. Sorrow and you're feeling overwhelmed. The one thing I want to encourage you to do is don't pull back from people. Don't pull back from those connections. Because God desires to work through those connections to encourage and strengthen you. The second grief I want to talk about today is, is what we're calling guilt grief, right? The, the sorrow that you experience over your own sin. You see, no question we're hurt by when we are sinned against. But we also uh, feel sorrowful. We can also feel hurt by our own sin. Right? Those times in our lives where, where we choose to live our lives the, any, the way we want. Where we tell God, uh, God, hold on for a second. I'll get back with you. I'm just going to do this for a minute. You know, the Bible gives us an example of, of this very thing as well. Matthew 26, suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me, deny three times that you ever knew me. And he went away weeping bitterly. You see, this happened right after Jesus was arrested and they were taking him to the high priest's court. Well, Peter was following those that arrested Jesus. And as he entered that, that, um, that courtyard of the high priest, 
He was kind of sitting there trying to figure out what was going on. And three times, Peter was asked, aren't aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? Hey, hey, aren't you a follower of Jesus? Hey, you were with Jesus, right? You've been following him, right? And three times, Peter denied it. And on that third time, he was reminded that Jesus told him he would. And he left weeping sorrowfully. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? Been at that place? You profess to know Jesus. You put your trust in him. And then when it comes time to live it out, you choose to live for yourself. You make a decision, a a sinful decision, a decision that, that you know doesn't honor God. Or maybe you make a decision that you kind of question. And then afterwards, you feel this sorrow for the choice that you've made. You feel this pain for the choice that you've made. You know, maybe the the worst pain that you feel, the thing that you feel the most, is that you feel that you've been separated from God. You've noticed that that closeness that you felt with God isn't there anymore. I want you to know that you can be resilient in this grief as well by allowing God to use it to draw you back to him. You see, in 2 Corinthians, it it talks about two kinds of grief. Two kinds of grief. It says one brings you closer to God and the other brings death. And it calls that one that brings death worldly grief. Here's what it says. For the kind of sorrow that God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. You see, the worldly sorrow is the sorrow you feel when you do something wrong. When you sin against God, when you do something wrong, and you feel bad because you got caught. Right? You feel bad because you got caught or you feel bad because the consequences of your choice don't feel good. You see, this is the kind of sorrow that our parents were always, when our parents were correcting us, this was the hope, is this was the sorrow that we weren't expressing to our parents. You see, godly sorrow is the sorrow you feel because you, knew, you know that what you did was a sin. You know what you did was wrong. And you feel that you've been separated from God because of that sin. You see, godly sorrow brings repentance. That's where you turn back to God and you ask him for forgiveness. 
You see, this kind of grief can really change your life. This kind of grief, experiencing this godly grief, brings resilience because it turns you back to God. It turns you back to God. The last kind of grief that I want to talk about is bereavement grief. And this is the grief that we feel over the loss of a loved one. Now, I will be the first to say that death is not good. Death is not good. Losing somebody close to you, losing somebody that that means the world to you, losing someone that you love is painful. It hurts. It fills your life with loss. I've lost both of my parents. I've lost both sets of grandparents. And sure, you you get used to that emptiness, that, that place in your life that they once filled. You get used to it being empty. But it still feels like loss. You still miss them. You still miss them. So what kind of resilience can we get out of this kind of grief? When a loved one is gone. See, I find resilience. I find resilience in the hope of a promise that was given to me. Jesus said this to a woman, a woman named Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? You see, this is what Jesus said when when he arrived on the scene when Martha's brother had died. The people were wailing. They were grieving at the loss of a loved one. And remember that Martha, Mary, Lazarus, the brother who had died, they were friends of Jesus. They were dear to him. And after saying this, Jesus walked to the tomb that Lazarus was buried in. And he called. He told Lazarus to rise and come out. He brought him back to life. 
And you know, this isn't a crazy thing to say, a, a, a crazy thing to believe. But I believe that my parents are still alive. You see, they might be absent from their bodies, but they are present with God. They are with God. Again, it might sound crazy to believe this, but it lines up with what we read in, in 1 Thessalonians. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know that what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. You see, they can't come back if they no longer exist. So I'm going to see them again. You see, I am resilient in the grief of losing loved ones because I believe that God is going to fulfill his promise. I believe that God is going to fulfill his promise. But you know what this also does to me? You see, when, when Jesus said that those who die will, will, will come back to life, they'll, they'll live again, he says it for those who believe in him, for those who put their trust in him. That compels me. That compels me to, to share him with those that I love. That compels me to share him with those that I love. Now, I can't make them put their trust in Jesus. I've got no control over that. But what I do have control over is sharing his truth, sharing the hope that I have in him. You know, isn't this kind of what this whole series has been about? Believing that God is going to fulfill his promise. That despite the, the emotions that we feel in life, despite the, the challenges and the trials that we experience in life, that God is faithful. And that we're resilient in these emotions, in these times that we experience when we, we lean into him. So why is it so hard to do it? I'm telling you, the, the last couple of months have been a trial for me and my family. And, and when I look back and think about, about who I've been leaning into, I've been leaning into myself until I couldn't take it anymore. Wouldn't it be so much easier is from the get is to remember the hope that we have in Jesus and to lean into him? You see, being resilient 
is harnessing these difficult emotions and allowing these difficult emotions to draw us closer in our relationship with God because he's faithful and he always fulfills his promises. He's faithful and always fulfills his promises. But to be resilient, the first step is to put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins so that you can have a relationship with God. Then he considers you his child and he wants you to lean in on him during these times in your life.